Paul is saying here in these first two words, I beseech thee, beseech you, which means he's begging you. I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present. I'm glad you're present this morning. You've done the first part of this by coming and presenting your body. But he goes on to say, as a living sacrifice. Boy, when I began to study that, I found I fell short in a lot of areas in my life. I've not become the living sacrifice that the scriptures teaches. This verse has meant so much to me in my Bible. If you'll see right here, I've highlighted it. I've drawn a line around it, and I wanted it to speak to me when I opened up my Bible, and I read this verse and realize that the Bible says for me to be to present my body a living sacrifice, holy, holy, and acceptable unto God. It's not too much to ask. The Bible says it like this. It's your reasonable service, child of God. It's your reasonable service for you to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And then he gets a little deeper and he said, and be not conformed to this world. Boy, we live in a time where the church world has got conformed to the world. Can I say that again? I believe God's people have laid down the book and have got conformed to the things of the world. We've left the holiness of God and now we're conforming to the things of the world trying to reach the world. Jesus, if you'll remember over in Matthew 28, he gave the great commission and he told his disciples to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Okay, and he told them how to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. When he said to go into all the world, he didn't say become the world, but he said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. It's not every place I go that everybody agrees or everything is just right, but we're to be light in darkness. And today I want to tell you, we can't conform to the world, but we need to be transformed is what the Bible says. That means a changing of the mind. We need to change some things. In our, we need a renewing of our mind. we not not conforming to the world, but being transformed as the people of God. I'm telling you, the Bible says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here is the key to the Christian life is being transformed by he, the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm telling you today, we read here and we realize that Paul is talking in this chapter. He's talking to the Romans there in about 50 AD. He's talking to them and explaining to them how to have a relationship with God. He talks about the gifts of the Spirit, relationships with believers and unbelievers. What a wonderful chapter. You don't need to take my word for it. You need to go home and read this chapter and dig it out for yourself. Well, there's some things in this that'll help you walk the Christian walk. But I'm glad that this chapter is a two-fold meaning. It's not just for uh, the people of faith, but people that don't believe today. And by the help of the Lord, that's why I want to preach today on honoring your mothers by putting God first. 
If you want to honor your mother, you will put God first in your life. I love my mother, but more so I love God more than I love my mother. You may say that's awful. Well, you got to learn how to put God first in your life. If you'll put God first in your life, he'll bless everything else that's going on in your life. I'm telling you, we need to forsake mother, father, brothers, sisters, everybody we know for the cause of Christ. You may say, well, why should I do that? Because he first loved you and give his life for you. He needs to be all in all in your life. If he ain't all in all, he ain't nothing in your life. Boy, that's tough Mother's Day message. I'm gonna give you exactly what the Lord told me to give you, amen. But if we're gonna honor our mothers, we'll put God first in our life. And there's three ways that we can do, there's many ways we can do it, but I thought of three things that the Lord gave me to share to you today, you that are saved and you that are lost. That's why this message is a twofold meaning. It's for the saved and the lost. If you'll listen to me this morning, we need to know how to honor our mothers. Now your mother's prayer, your mother's wish, your mother's heart is for you to trust God and live for God. Can I hear from you mothers? That's what your mom wants for your life. Your mother give you birth, she give you life, she's raised you, she about give her life, uh, this life for you, and she's done everything she can to help you, but what she wants for you, she does. She loves that you go to college, she'll love that you'll get a great job, she'll love you'll make a lot of money, but more than that, if she loves God, she'll want you to love him, amen. That's what a mother wants for her children. I'm glad that's what my mother wanted for her children. And I hope your mother feels the same way. But let me tell you this morning for you that are here, you may say, my mother was rotten. My mother throwed me out. My mother done me wrong. I don't want nothing to do with my mother. I'm gonna tell you the first thing you can do uh, to honor your mother is offer her forgiveness, offer her grace, amen. And when you do that in your life, God will help you in your life. He'll bless your life for giving grace and mercy to a mother that wasn't a mother. And I'll tell you what, God will bless your life if you'll do that today. You may say, my mother was rotten, but I'm glad that Jesus said, I'll be a mother, I'll be a father. You may not have a mother or father, but I'm glad that Jesus will be the one that'll be that mother and will be that father. And on Mother's Day and on Father's Day, honor him and he'll bless your life, amen. Bless his holy name. I feel that good Holy Spirit this morning. There's some things you need to know this morning on how to honor your mother by putting God first. The first thing you're gonna have to do, friends, is you're gonna have to admit who you are. You're gonna have to admit of what you are. And if you'll admit, God will do something supernatural in your life. In verse two, the Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How can you be transformed? You gotta start admitting who you are and what you are. The Bible said not to let the sun go down upon your wrath. What does that mean? When you commit them sins throughout the day, you admit 
to God. Lord, I did it. I'm the one's guilty of it. Lord, I feel your Holy Spirit wearing me out. I admit my wrongdoing. Please, Lord, please forgive me. If you'll admit and come clean with God, he'll bless your life. Over in Romans 3, 23, he said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I'm telling you, every one of you this week, including myself, has come short from the glory of God. We failed God some way. We should have prayed for somebody. We should have witnessed to somebody. We should have read our Bible more. We should have been more attentive to what God wanted in our life. So by that, we have failed God, and we need to admit to him that we have failed. We need to repent before God that he would bless our life. Can I hear from you this morning? In 1 John 1, 8, the Bible says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That's what the Bible says. But I like the next part of that chapter in 1 John 1 and verse 9. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, Christians, if you'll confess, if you'll admit, God will take care of those sins. He'll get them out of your life and he'll help you in your life. Listen, sinner friend, if you'll admit who you are and come to Jesus just the way you are and say, Lord, hi, here I am a sinner. Admit your wrongdoing to him. And the Bible says he'll forgive your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. <laughs> How's he do that? He takes the blood and he pours it over your life. Amen. He didn't just shed one drop of blood, but the Bible says he shed it all just so that you could be saved. Can I hear from you this morning? Proverbs 28, verse 13. Listen what the Bible says. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. I tell you what, we stand back in a glass house judging people. He's got sin, I saw it. I saw him fall, I heard what he said, I watched what he does, and we're pointing fingers everywhere. But we need to realize we're pointing those fingers and there's three more pointing right back at us. We're three times as guilty as the fingers we're pointing out. We need to admit who we are. We need to repent before God. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whosoever confesses and forsakes them, <laughs> the Bible says, we'll have mercy, amen. If you'll forsake your sin, get out of that mess, you'll find the mercy of God. He'll bless your life and forgive you for what you've done. But you're gonna have to admit it. You're gonna have to come clean before God. I don't know who this is for this morning, but I'm telling you, we need to come clean before God. We need to admit. What does admit mean? That means to acknowledge and confess. He said, if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, what did he say? Thou means you shall be saved. Amen. <laughs> Shall mean and will. You'll be saved this morning if you'll admit, if you'll acknowledge, if you'll confess, you'll be saved. So listen, Christians, if you'll admit, if you'll acknowledge your wrongdoing, you'll feel the blessings of God again. You'll see God working in your life again. Our problem is we're full of pride and we won't admit our wrongdoings. And the devil say, you don't have to repent of that. Uh, God didn't see that. Nobody saw that. You got away with it. I promise you, God has got a record book and he 
he's writing down every sin that's not been confessed, every sin that's not been acknowledged. And one day the books will be open and we'll stand before God and another book will be open. We'll be judged out of the things written in the books, amen. And he'll know your sin. He'll see it before him and you'll answer for unconfessed sin. Let me tell you, we need to repent and we need to admit to our wrongdoings if we're gonna be blessed. If we're gonna honor our mothers, we're gonna have to admit and get right with God, amen? It's getting quiet in here. We need to admit what God wants in our life. We just don't need to admit to our wrongdoings. We need to admit, get forgiveness for that. And then there's a second thing we need to do. We need to commit to the will of God. You know, sometimes I'll get invitations, Brother Mark, from people to come to a birthday party or some kind of social gathering and we're going to have cake, ice cream or steaks or burgers and man, I'm glad to go. You know why? I ain't footing the bill. I'm going to go and I'm going to eat and I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to say praise God and I don't have to commit to nothing. I just get to go and enjoy. How many of us come to church? We watch some musicians play. Brother Ethan's prayed and he's put this all together. He's singing himself to death and trying to lead service. And, you know, we're trying to help him and we're all working together. And, but we'll come to service. We'll sit down and watch it all happen. Oh, how wonderful it is. And we just think it's great. We never commit to nothing. We never work in any of the the ministries of the church. We won't commit to the church. We won't commit to prayer. We won't pray for, we'll mention prayer requests. I wonder how many you pray about the prayer request that's mentioned. You hear it here, but you forget it when you go out there. You never pray about nothing. You won't come to revival. You won't come to Sunday school. You'll say, I'm going for 45 minutes, but I'm not committing to nothing. I'm telling you, if you're gonna honor your mother and you're gonna honor God and put him first in your life. You need to commit to some things for his glory. Amen. Instead of coming in, shouting on credit. I said shouting on credit. The Lord give it all for you and I. It's the least that we can do is to worship him, admit our wrongdoing, commit to his will and what he wants for our life. I want to thank everybody in this church. I asked you a couple weeks ago, I said, boy, this church has got a need. We need to overcome it. We got a $6,800 need. God told me how to put it out. Said, ask 68 people to give 100 bucks and I'm gonna meet that need. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I don't know who'll participate if we'll even get involved. I want to tell you this morning, I want to thank every one of you that stepped out on faith, committed $100. We met the need and God saw fit to give us a blessing and we've overcome it. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. That's what happens when people want to commit to the will of God. You may say this morning, I don't want to commit. You don't understand. I've been church hurt. I've been places where people have hurt me. Pastors have walked out on me. Uh, these lay members have talked about me. And you don't know how bad I've been hurt. Let me tell you this, something this morning. Churches are hurt you. People are hurt you. Preachers are hurt you. Pastors are hurt you. But I'm glad I serve one named Jesus that'll never hurt you. Amen. Think about it. He ain't the one that did it. 
you've got to let all of that go and shove that out of your life and say, Lord, I'm going to commit to your will because this is all about you. I'm glad, Paul, if you'll read in his writings, his life was a mission. He went from one mission to the next mission. And he began to set up churches. He gave instructions on how to live and what to do. And he never let the naysayers stop him, amen, even though they wanted to kill him every minute, put him in prison several times, chained him to the wall. Can you just imagine being in prison? But he wrote some of the greatest letters we've ever received in our lives, amen, by the word of God because this man never thought about quitting. He never thought about macking up. He said, I'm committed to the cause. Lock me up, boys. I'm in it for the Lord. How about you this morning? A lot of times we think about service to God, but we think first, oh, that one hurt me. This one hurt me. That church hurt me. And you're backing up the whole time you're thinking about that. It's because that's what the devil wants you to do, is to back up, don't get committed, don't volunteer, don't say you're gonna do anything because they'll expect something out of you. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. The devil will never tell you to do anything for God. If God is drawing you to him, that ain't the devil doing that. People are people and things are going to happen. But I'm glad that the Lord never <laughs> turns his back on you. Amen. There in the second verse when he, he talked to us about being transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove that good and acceptable will of God. What I'm talking about transforming is being willing to step out on faith and make a commitment to God. That's how you transform your mind. You need to get out of your old habits and say, you know what, I'm gonna do more for God. I'm gonna get more committed for God. Uh, whatever they got going on at the church, count me in. I don't know what to do about it, but I'm gonna try to help any way I can. Instead of saying, well, let, let somebody else do it. I'm just gonna come and enjoy, but you all take care of it. I'm glad for every person here. I want you here. I want you to come enjoy. I don't want you to feel like you have to do anything. But if the Holy Spirit of God tells you to come down here and mow the grass with clippers, and that's what he wants you to do, I'd get out here on my knees and start trimming, amen? If that's what the Lord said do. Now, the neighbor up the road may think you've lost your mind. But if they come by and talk to you and say, I'm doing it for the Lord. The Lord told me to do it, amen. And it'll be all right. That's called commitment. Commitment is when it don't make no sense to nobody else. That's the thing, it's between you and God. I'll never forget the first time I pulled on this property. I never said nothing to nobody. But when I walked through those doors, I knew the Holy Spirit of God spoke to my heart. And he said, I'm about to commit you to this place. And I thought, oh, no. And I said, Lord, whatever you want, I'll do whatever you want. Because I know what it's like to walk a 10-year valley out of the will of God, trying to find the will of God for my life. But God used that man sitting right there on the front pew to finally bring me full circle to the will of God. He didn't know, who, didn't know me and I didn't know him. But God used that man. You know why God used that man because he had a mother that prayed for that man and prayed that God put, a, put him in his perfect will and because he minded the Lord he admitted his wrongdoing got born again, committed to the cause God used him to reach the preacher see how that worked? That's how God works and God could be using you to encourage the next one 
that does something great for God. But it'll take you making a commitment. Well, do I have to be of a certain age? Maybe I need to be in my 30s, my 40s. I need to get more wisdom, this, that, and the other. I'm glad God can use you at any age. It's going to take you stepping out of your comfort zone and stepping into the will of God and saying, yes, Lord. In Psalms 37, 5, he says, commit thy ways. Now, this is the Lord talking. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he, listen, he shall bring it to pass. This is Psalms 37, 5. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. You thought I was just talking to that, didn't you? That's the Lord saying you need to make a commitment to the Lord. He said prove in Proverbs 16, 3. He talks about committing thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts, and thy thoughts, and thy thoughts shall be established. Listen, sinner friend, when you sit down and read the Bible and it don't make no sense to you, you can't understand it. You've been watching people here worship, get saved, do different, and it seems to be confusing to you. You don't understand it. You know why? Because your thoughts are not his thoughts right now. Your ways are not his ways right now. But if you trust him and come and be born again, your whole thought pattern will change. Amen? Really? The Bible calls that transformation a renewing, a uh, conforming, okay, to him. We don't conform to the world, we conform to him. We conform to his ways by that transformation of the Holy Spirit that works in our life. You young kids that are still in school, I'm talking to you. You don't have to go along with that crowd. You don't have to listen to what they're telling you. You can be transformed. You can walk in the Spirit. You can walk in the will of God. You can be a light in darkness. You don't have to go along with everything they're going along with. Just because they're popular, just because they're the in crowd, just because everybody likes them, doesn't mean you got to be a part of that and get involved in that mess. The Lord said to come out from among that and be ye separate. Touch not the unclean things. And he said, I will receive you. There's, this Christian life is a holy walk. I'm afraid we've gotten a day and time where they preach and teach this loose, greasy living. I call it greasy grace. I believe in the grace of God. I'm forever saved. I don't have to worry about hell no more. Heaven's mine. I know it. But I don't want to stand before God with dirty hands. I want my hands clean. I want my heart clean. I want to live right. I want to talk right. I want to do right. You know why? Because my mother taught me right and I want to honor her. But the most way I can honor her is honor him, amen, right, amen. in everything that I do. Because in Galatians 2.20, this is why. He said, I am crucified. I am crucified yeah. with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. <laughs> That's why I do it, amen, because he first loved me. He gave it all for me. It's the least that I can do is to live for him. 
Boy, God's been doing some supernatural things <clears throat> at this church in the last little bit. Can I tell you, he's only scratched the surface of what he really wants to do. It will take you and I admitting who we are, getting the mess out of our lives, committing to his will to see this church go to the next level. You could be the key to moving this church to the next level. How could that be? I'm telling you, God can work through your life and change this whole thing. I'm glad Jesus said, God said, I change not. I'm the same today and forevermore. But you and I have to change daily. You know why? Because we're so involved in the things of this world. Anybody been distracted from the will of God this week? If I could hold up both hands and legs and all, I'd say, boy, I have. Because we get so busy. We're in the busiest time, I believe, of any generation of all times. People, I mean, they're so busy, they can't even answer a text message. How easy is that to answer people? And people can't answer a text because they're so busy. Or they can't answer the phone. Or we don't go see one another because we're so busy. Probably some mothers didn't come today because they had to work. Children won't go see their mothers after service because they're so busy. They've got things to do. We've got places to go and I got all this stuff to get done. I got work in the morning. I got clothes to wash. I've got this and that. And, and we, we make everything else important except for our commitment to Him. I know I'm not the only one that's guilty of this. Boy, the Lord wore me out when He gave me this message two weeks ago. I thought I was going to preach this last Sunday, and the Lord said, Nope, you're not. And when I prayed this week, this is what God brought together for me. He said, tell them, I said, they need to admit who and what they are. And that they need to commit to what I want for their life. But the third thing that we need to do, admitting is, is wonderful, that's what we need to do, and committing is great. We have to take it one step farther. That's that proving that perfect will of God that Paul's talking about. It's called submitting. I can be committed to a lot of things, but it takes pure submitment to see God's perfect will happen in my life. I could have come to Vickers Chapel and, and never took the pastorship, sat on these seats with these preachers and just been a preacher of this church and been, took up membership and been committed to this church, saw God do some things and never submitted to his perfect will. I was committed, but I didn't totally submit. There's a big difference in those two words. When you get committed, now you've made the devil mad. But I like to take it one step further. I want to turn his whole world upside down, and that's when I submit to God's perfect will. So when he says, Gary, I need you to pastor Vicar's Chapel, I didn't run from the will of God. I committed to the will, but then I said, Lord, I will submit. That said, Lord, I will walk away from everything I want to do, and I'll do what you want. Now, this is where it gets hard. 
Commitment is great. Some of you young people make commitments to one another. You're in young, you're in love, you make commitments. But you'll never get nowhere as a couple until you totally submit to the will of God. There's a, there's a big definition to submitting. When I met Ravonda, we fell in love. I committed to her and said, I'm not going to date nobody else. I'm focused on you. But when I took that ring and put it on her finger and said, I want to get engaged, I submitted. I stepped beyond commitment and I submitted to what God wanted. I said, I want to be yours the rest of my life. I don't want no other woman. I want you totally. I don't want you wanting no other man. I want me and you to submit to one another and to love one another and never look at another person. And I'm so glad that she said, yes, I'll submit. And I said, yes, I'll submit. And we made a bond that has held through for over 35 years. God has held us together. And yes, they've been one storm, Brother Jake, after the other. The devil, when we made a submitment to, to the Lord, I felt like a devil wrote our names down on the top of the chalkboard and said, these have got serious. I need to be focused more on them. That little commitment that they was doing didn't worry me too bad. When they started submitting to the perfect will of God, we in trouble now. You get a church that love God so much that you'll come down here during the week just to come in here and pray and seek God for souls that can be saved. Seek God that the Lord will help her deacon. Seek God that the Lord will help her pastor and his wife. When you get in that kind of place and submit to the will of God, I'm telling you, he'll open up the windows of heaven and bless your life. I'm talking from experience. And even when all hell is raging against you and pouring it on you, I'm glad he, the Holy Spirit of God, pulls out that big umbrella and puts it over you and says, oh, no, you're not. He submitted to my perfect will. Get your hands off of him. Right, you know, some people look at preachers, they go, man, you must walk hand in hand with God. Your life, Brother Aaron, is perfect. I'm telling you, you never have a problem. Your wife is smiling all the time. Man, it must be good to be you. Go home and live with him a while. You'll find out what perfect submission looks like. But you'll also find out what the joy of God is like. When you can mow the grass and weep in tears because the presence of God is so strong, you can't mow grass. You can't do anything because he walks with you and he talks with you. I don't care what you go through. Pure submission is how God will bless your life. And all my mother's ever wanted for my life was to love God. Telling me, love God, seek God. I didn't do it for her. I did it for him. And because I did it for him, he's blessed her life, he's blessed my life, and he'll bless your life if you'll do it. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You need to mark that in your Bible, James 4, 7. How do I overcome? By pure submission to God. 
Romans 6.13 says, Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as though that they are alive and not dead for the members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Talking about your members, everything about you. Don't use them as instruments for the devil. Submit them to God and let him use them, amen? amen. Then he says in Luke 9, 23, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Admit who you are. Commit to his service. And say, Lord, I'm totally submitting to what you want in my life. 